You're listening to Feed, Play, Love, a podcast that's all about supporting parents as they bring up children. We've got experts and advice to help you through the more challenging bits of parenting. I'm Siobhan Hunt. Do you ever feel like you just need a moment of peace? Just a small space in the day when the world stops spinning, you're not needed for anything and you can just be. Kate Kendall has a way of giving yourself that space. She's just written a book about it. It's called Life in Flow. Kate is a yoga teacher who wanted to explain how you can take yoga off the mat and into your everyday life. Hi, Kate. How are you? I'm very well, thank you, and very happy to be here. Good to hear. (laughs) Now, many people probably think of yoga as a form of exercise. What is yoga to you? That's what it was for me originally when I first got into it, but now it's a moving meditation. So it's gone from something that I thought would give me long, lean limbs and tight abs and basically something that would make me look good to something that is a daily ritual, be it five minutes, 10 minutes, 60 minutes, um, to make me feel good mentally and physically. What do you mean, um, your book, Life in Flow, does have exercises, the the physical exercises, but you also have segments in the book about how you can take yoga off the mat into everyday life. What do you mean by that? Mm. So I think these days, still, I think the perception is definitely changing. But in the West, we generally, when we think of yoga, we think of what we do on the four corners of a rubber mat, all the shapes, all the stretches. But really, the asana, the postures, that's what they're called, asana in Sanskrit, they're just really one tiny little portion of what yoga is. So, And really, in, if you look at the evolution of yoga as a lifestyle, the asana came in kind of quite late in the history of it as well. And it was simply designed, these you know series of postures, and I'm sure it was way more basic then um, in comparison to all the tricks that we put into our practices now. But it was designed so that yogis could sit cross-legged with a long spine for longer periods of time um, so they could experience meditation and stillness, uh, so they could be comfortable in the body. And then a little later on, it was designed for Ashtanga yoga, was designed for teenage or young boys so that they could expel all that excess energy and then sit in school and focus for longer periods of time. So you can see that kind of um, it's always it's always been around to um, create more focus and concentration and to feel good in the body, because if you don't feel good in the body, It's hard to focus on anything. Yeah, that's true. So it's still relevant, you know, even though it's just a tiny little portion of what yoga really is as a whole lifestyle, it's still relevant because it's a means of coming back to the body. And when we're in the body, that's when we experience um, oneness, that feeling of oneness and consciousness. And not saying that I experience that, you know, 100% all the day, (laughs) like, you know, it's, you know, it comes in flickers. Kate is not hot. (laughs) I'm not enlightened. Levitating off the ground as she tells us these stories. Not yet. That's kind of the goal. And then, you know, at the end of my yoga classes that I teach, I'll always finish it before I say namaste, which basically means the light within me recognizes the light within you, for anyone who's ever wondering what that actually means. Um, But before that, I'll always say and take the practice with you. 
because what we do is when we're practicing the asana, we're building mental resilience. You know, when you're in a posture and it just feels really challenging and you're like, I want to get out of this, but you breathe into it and you're not just gritting your teeth all the way through it. There's, there's an element of ease as well, even in the tough situations. So that's why yoga, the yoga practice, the physical practice is teaching us grace under pressure. So it's like we take the practice with us so that when we're driving to work after our yoga class, all of our yoga isn't thrown out the door when our barista doesn't make the coffee quick enough for us or if someone cuts us off in traffic you know when we can like yell at them in the comfort of our own car and be all crazy (laughs) and then I'm like oh my yoga just went out the door okay bring it back come back to alignment so really like if I think of a yogi I know yogis who have never taken an asa class in their life but I consider them a yogi because when you're with them they're completely present And they're not looking over your shoulder to see who's walked in the room or checking out their phone all the time. They're just completely like, that's a yogi to me, someone who's aligned to the moment. Speaking of grace under pressure, (laughs) you have a gorgeous little baby, Alice, who's Mm -hmm. now nine months old. You've had many years of honing your yoga practice, both on and off the mat. How has motherhood affected your life and the way you practice yoga? I thought I was practicing yoga before, off the mat, <laughs> but um, having a baby has just, I feel so emotional thinking about it, <laughs> like it's the best thing that I've ever done and it tests me on every single level, like I've never experienced such love, like I never thought I could love so much and every time that I look at her, I'm like, I didn't think I love you anymore, but I'm gonna, and I'm sure I will for days and days and days to come. Um, so it's just this really beautiful heart connection that I, I don't think I've really experienced before. Um, and yeah, it's challenging sometimes. Like I remember early days in those first few weeks. I think it's challenging most of the time. <laughs> yeah. Just new challenges crop up all the time. Yeah, yeah. All and the you time. become more resilient. It really tests your resilience. And more than anything, the one thing that pops out the most for me is like you think you have things under control and then they change. And then their patterns change, their sleeping patterns change, the way they eat changes, what they like changes. And it's like, you know what I've realized? It's like we can have all these goals and aspirations and plans for life, like where we want to be in one year, two year, five year, all those sorts of things, which I think are awesome set goals. But then like, I think we're just being done. Just like I think she's schooling me. She's schooling me. (laughs) She's my teacher. Yes. And it's made me realize that teachers are everywhere like my partner has a 10 year old who lives with us half the time as well and you know he's a 10 year old and they start to push boundaries so I'm learning in that aspect as well so not just from an infant so it's the best teacher best the, the best yoga teachers I've ever had do you think um, your history with yoga allowed you to see your baby as a teacher as opposed to something that might um, make you feel out of control yeah, 100%. And yeah, I'm glad that I've I've done the work, so to speak, and that I've I've used yoga to, and all of its great tools like meditation and slowing down and 
learning about all the principles of yoga and its rich history. I'm glad that I had all of that because that was that was like the, that was the education that was you know all, all of the scriptures and now this is like this is real life. Okay, are you going to use it? Just like, you know, I think we've had years of the self-help section in the bookstore, which is great. We've need, we needed that to learn and learn and learn but now I think there should be a whole section in the bookstore called uh, either live it or, or even help others because I think it's time to use everything that we're learning to serve others and I feel like I'm doing that in a kind of way I'm kind of serving her oh you are absolutely serving, her. serving her. <laughs> <laughs> that is all you're doing right now I've got to say she's only nine months old um, and, and that's an aspect of yoga is um, there's a kind of yoga called um, karma yoga and that's the yoga of action so it's taking everything that you've learned from scriptures from history from everything you know about yoga or your discipline and then putting it into practice and being of service with it when i went back to yoga after having my daughter Mm. my body was just not able to do what it used to do have you got any tips on how either someone who's had a long break from yoga or who's never done it before but has just had a baby have you got any tips on how they can start um, without feeling like oh this is just not for me it's too hard Mm. it's too strong yeah so again it's another opportunity to live your yoga um, in many ways and one of those ways is non-attachment so not being attached to an end result and end goal and I've definitely had to practice that one because when I first came back to group classes because I was doing a lot of not a lot but practice wherever I could um, at home when you know Alice was asleep but I had to be less attached to how the shape used to look for me and how it used to feel for me. And I feel like I'm not starting over as a beginner, but there's different sensations this time around. So that, I'm using that. That's just keeping me curious. That's just, I'm using that as a, a teaching tool. But for, for new beginner, for, for people who you know aren't necessarily teachers, I guess uh, my advice would be, yeah, practice the non-attachment, the patience and... Your body, I know we, we all know this, but sometimes we need to be reminded the body's so amazing. It's a miracle that we can actually conceive and hold a baby and give birth. So it's, there's, a, there's this, this space for really honoring that as well. And P.S., like maybe you'll never be able to get back to where you were before. And that's okay too. Mm. It's just your practice has evolved. Maybe there's more wisdom in it. Um, and is there, for those who start at the very beginning, is there a style of yoga? Because people will hear different mm. names. They'll hear Ashtanga, Hatha, Iyengar, mm. um, all kinds of different yoga, Bikram yoga. Mm. Is there a particular style of yoga that you think is a better one to start with? Yes. I think you could go to a beginner vinyasa class. So that's for people who like to move a little bit. And the idea in vinyasa is that you're connecting breath to movement so that it does feel like a moving meditation. So that's what I teach at Flow Athletic. That's that's our style. But then Hatha Yoga, also really, really good for beginners because it's a little more gentle, doesn't move as much. Basically a beginner's, beginner's class to any style that you go to. Um, but besides vinyasa, hatha, um, also Iyengar is great for learning about alignment and holding the postures. 
And it sounds like it's basic, but actually when we're holding the postures for the amount of time that you do in Iyengar, it's really challenging. (laughs) Like it's amazing how much of a sweat that you can build up just from being still. In one place. Yeah. Yeah. And then on the other side of that, just test and try and play and try different teachers and different styles and until you find the one that you like. That works for you. Finding time can be quite challenging as well. You mentioned there that you might do um, some of your practice while Alice is asleep. Mm -hmm. Is that your kind of solution when you've got a a very small baby and you're thinking, I really want to... I mean, your body just gets so tight Mm -hmm. if you're not stretching when you have a newborn because you're holding them all the time, your shoulders, Ah. if you're breastfeeding, your neck... I think I actually went to a physio after I had my daughter because my neck. And they said to me, "It's not. It wasn't even breastfeeding. It was that I was just holding her and yeah. staring, and staring at her all the time. <laughs> yes. You just like constantly like this. <laughs> I had a crick in my neck from staring at her. Uh, but that—that's a reality, isn't mm. it? You find yourself um, very tired. Is that the solution then to try and do small stretches whilst? Um, they're yeah, sleeping if or... you can like and and you don't need to be a yoga teacher or be a seasoned yogi to do that at home you could just play around with what feels right in your body plus there's so many online resources um, there's a girl called tara styles from the u.s who has heaps of free videos and she's i really love her approach it's very down to earth and fun and doesn't matter what shape or size you are she's really inclusive you know so those you can do at home there's also online platforms. I think I've got I've got some um, sequences on one called Gaia. Oh, Gaia, yeah, Gaia. I changed it changed its name recently from My Yoga Online to Gaia. And then there's another called Yoga Glow. So there's subscription models that you can get to do at home, and they'll have like you know 15 minutes, 25 minutes longer. Perfect. Oh, that's so great. Okay, I feel like I need to go do a class now. <laughs> Kate, thank you so much for coming in today. It has been such a pleasure. That's Kate Kendall. She's a yoga teacher and author of Life in Flow. We'll put a link to where you can find a copy of the book in the links of this episode. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced by Elise Cooper and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. You can get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. Email us at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.